0: Good evening, Star Wars fans, and welcome to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground, the official podcast of the thesciencefictionary.com. With me tonight is Marisha. Hello. And once again, no Robbie, no Daniel, no David. Because,
1: you know jobs andrew works for himself so he just gets to work all night instead of saying late at
0: the office yay all right so we're gonna talk a little star wars again tonight and let's just lead right off with the first really awesome bit of news we're not gonna go deep into it because frankly we spent half an hour talking about it last week and you're probably tired of listening to us talk about it no (laughs) it's impossible we got some really good information that the long-rumored obi-wan movie may now in fact be an obi-wan tv series for the disney plus streaming app
1: i'm so happy <laughs> no i'm like i'm like insanely insanely excited about this the kids looked at me like i was crazy whenever i talked about how excited i was but i mean this is like this is the best news i got today
0: yeah well presumably we should get some good news on this in just a little over a month now at star wars celebration yes we don't have an official announcement yet but we did have there were some there were some very strong indication that this is the case that this that we may get as many as six episodes
1: which means we'll probably get the official announcement at celebration
0: yeah we're not gonna get any official announcements disney's really slow to the official announcements anyway or at least Lucasfilm is. I'm yeah. not sure who's really like in charge of when announcements happen, but <clears throat> Lucasfilm's been really slow to announce. They've been really slow with trailers. Yeah, you know, Solo trailer was the closest I've ever seen a trailer released to a big blockbuster movie. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, we're obviously not going to wait that long on this one, and we got some rumors today that it does indeed look like it's going to drop at Star Wars Celebration.
1: I mean, we're so close to it at this point. It didn't drop over Christmas. It didn't drop during the Super Bowl. I mean, at this point, yeah, I would be surprised to see it before Celebration.
0: I would be surprised at this point. Again, I don't really know that I see the point in holding it till Celebration, when you can still show other things at Celebration.
1: Yeah, but they're going to.
0: But at this point, they're going to. And at this point, that's just as well. I do still really feel like we have to get a title drop ahead of celebration.
1: I mean, yeah. Okay, so for for context for in my own head, when is Endgame releasing?
0: Last weekend in April.
1: Last weekend in April.
0: Okay. Now so they basically didn't... like two weeks, three two or three weeks after celebration.
1: Okay. Now Endgame didn't release a title until what? christmas
0: it didn't but they i don't feel like with endgame it was as pressing of a thing to drop that trailer we it's no, people, no no people, not the title oh, i'm sorry the title people had actually there are people out there that had already guessed that title
1: right but still it wasn't officially announced you know usually they tend to announce things a little sooner than that as far as titles go
0: right but they also weren't leading into a big con where presumably they're going to have merchandise.
1: Right. That's true. Um, and, and with... I mean, and, and, I would want merchandise. In fact, right. maybe we can get some of that merchandise even though we're not going to be there.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, there's going to be... they're They're obviously going to have merchandise. Now, are they going to try to get merchandise made and hold it and mm-hmm. try to keep it under wraps? Until hmm. the movie comes out and risks somebody tweeting or, or Instagramming a out a picture? Hmm. Or.
1: Andrew just thinks he saved money not going to Celebration. Wait till he sees all the stuff I'm going to buy on the internet <laughs> whenever the Star Wars
0: Celebration store goes live. I really expect a title drop. We're done filming. We got the announcement, we're, we're officially done filming jj uh, J. abrams posted that oh fantastic gosh. image yes such such an amazing image and officially announced that they're wrapped i really expect that now that they're done they're working on when to let that title go yeah and i i feel like i mean they could hold it till april obviously and mm. and if they do that's fine It just seems like with all the stuff starting to tumble out, uh, you know, we've seen these concept images that tumbled out last week. Uh I feel
1: like in in a lot of ways, Star Wars is kind of like, you know, the story about the little Dutch boy who sticks his finger in the dike. I I feel like in a lot of ways, that's how uh, Star Wars information kind of is. It's like as soon as they let that little stream of anything out, that's it. it. There's no stopping it after then.
0: for sure and so yeah i mean at this point we're obviously only like six weeks away yeah from celebration so it may be that they hold it
1: i mean goodness the uh the force awakens trailer dropped over a year before the
0: movie didn't it that first teaser the first teaser did yeah it was something that early but Again, that was different. That was the first the first movie in well over a decade. And it was kind of this ramping the machine back up.
1: Yeah, the machine could use some ramping well, right now. I mean, just the enthusiasm machine. Not necessarily. I mean, Star Wars is is clearly trucking along making money. But they're definitely, you know, like the getting people really enthusiastic and back on board seems
0: like it could use some maybe but i mean we've gotten we're we're still getting so much i mean we're getting right now we're getting this constant barrage of uh disney plus updates yeah that's true and we're getting little bits of episode 9 news but i it's like i'm at the point now where it's like let something big go like let mm-hmm. us know the title yeah and it may be that it's going to open the floodgates of speculation when they let that title go yeah i don't see that as a bad thing right but maybe they do i I don't Mm. know you know though
1: i think as far as episode nine i i think it's time for the buzz and the speculation because there's been so much talk about all kinds of other things you know when we were recording with the kids earlier we asked them you know like here are all the things that are coming out this year what are you most excited about Two of them said Clone Wars and one of them said The Mandalorian.
0: And nobody said episode nine.
1: Nobody said episode nine. And if there had been a trailer, if they had seen anything on it, because, you know, we saw a trailer for Clone Wars back in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, and they were stoked about it. I mean, now granted, they're seven and nine, but still, I think that that's actually a pretty good barometer of how Star Wars fans feel right now. You know, we've been getting a lot of things. We've been getting little things dropped from The Mandalorian, little pictures. You know, Jon Favreau has really been, really been using social media.
0: He has. And it's not like he's putting a, necessarily putting a lot out there. No, but he's he's been using it very well. The quality of what he drops is excellent. And he's very different than J.J. Abrams. Right. Because J.J. Abrams, it was basically like the other day when they finished filming was like the first time anybody had heard from JJ J. Abrams right. in like a year.
1: But I like I said, so I think all of that is like so that image dropped and that's exciting, but I think it's time for people to start talking about episode 9. Yeah. It's really people are excited, you know, I'm there's a lot of excitement about what's happening in Star Wars, but most of the talk is not centered around episode 9 and ultimately, of all the things going on right now, that's the one that has to has to succeed.
0: Oh, absolutely. But it's, it's one of those things that's like whenever they drop it, it's going to blow up. Like it's going to become the big thing. That's true. So Maybe it doesn't the, matter when well, it happens. Well, the thought may be right now, let's let us let people be excited about these other things because... They're only going to get so much buzz. Well, and when this, when this trailer drops, those are going to lose some time in the limelight. That's true. I think I that the trailer. Mandalorian is going to be big. yeah. I and and right. I think we're gonna get a trailer for edit celebration because they, they're also yeah. rumored to be done filming right with a month with over a month to go. I can't imagine a scenario where they don't show at least footage yeah of the Mandalorian yeah um although That's really exciting. although frankly we still don't have any idea oh we don't have a date for Disney plus yet which is yeah well we we know I think we're gonna get a date in April. For that as well there's a shareholders meeting i think okay where they're supposed to kind of roll it out mm-hmm. and present it okay and i think once that's done i think we're going to get some real good internet buzz for a few days and then they're going to say here's when it's coming here's what it's going to cost and here's everything that's going to be on it when it releases yeah and part of it may still be waiting for that fox deal to go final it's supposed to go final this summer okay the fox content has to be a big part of making this disney streaming service work
1: yeah that makes sense i mean because that's going to be a large portion of their just volume
0: okay so do you think that we will get a title drop ahead of the convention
1: no i'm unfortunately I wish we
0: starting to think that
1: that's the case maybe they're trying to make up for all the complaints that they've gotten in past years about we didn't get as many things as we wanted
0: it's possible but i mean I still argue that getting things that everybody else gets online at the same time is not really getting things at a con.
1: No, but like I said, there there have definitely been complaints about we didn't get any announcements. We didn't get. What was the year that they what they announced Solo like two months after, and they're like, and look, and here's the you know the actor
0: who's gonna be playing Han Solo, and we were like, yeah, we knew that. Yeah, last time it seems <laughs> like they made some announcements like right before the con they announced a couple of things and And then then the weeks after they were like oh yeah we're doing this with star wars and this and it's i don't know it's it's just gonna be really interesting to see how they
1: play it because they've been really unpredictable with you know dropping things right before celebration dropping things right after celebration like with no regard to the fact that there's like this giant star wars convention in the middle of all their announcements so maybe they're just trying something different this time around yeah and just going to make a big slew of, of announcements at celebration like it's comic con
0: right and, and as we've talked about before disney has all these different wings that are all in some ways competing against each other and sometimes you you really wonder and, and this happened at the last celebration was you had things that was like you could have dropped at celebration but you waited till d23 right And that's because D23 is Disney's big convention. Celebration is Lucasfilm. And so you you have to wonder if Disney's going, well, you have to keep something for here. You've got to drop something at D23. Because they
1: have D23 this year, too. Yep. I'm already seeing cosplayers working on D23 costumes. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: coming up. That's August. That's Mm -hmm. uh, like a week before DragonCon.
1: I wonder how many people are going to do D23 and then go to dragon con the next week i mean that seems like a good I don't way know. to
0: die D- d23 is a very different sort of thing well it's not a fan con okay uh you kind of get a different crowd of people i mean it's it's disney's convention yeah um you have to be a d20 so talking about your costumes uh let's let's we can talk about that for a few minutes you know you've gotten to where you're doing a lot more costuming uh cosplay when we go to conventions Um, Even me, not just the kids. Right. Yeah. It started off. It was the kids were wearing costumes, but uh, over the last year, you started doing some costuming with them, and you you did some costuming at the Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Mm -hmm. I was think the first time that you did cosplay. I think it was. Yeah. And then I guess yeah. And then the following January at well, you did the first time we went to Dragon Con. I, I did
1: not dress out at Dragon Con the first year, okay. I don't think. Oh, no, no, I did. I take it back. I think you did one I day. did the stepmother. Yeah. That was the only costume I wore, yeah.
0: And then, of course, we always do Wizard World New Orleans. That's kind of our home convention. It's still a few hours away, but as far as big cons close to us, that's. Yeah. Kind and of I'm the one from New did. Orleans, so it, it's kind of like going home. So you, you've got a variety of costumes, but the first big one that you made was one of what i think is one of the most iconic dresses or actually i guess it was the second one because you actually did the the white you did the parade parade dress dress. for uh the phantom menace i did and then you turned around and did the black invasion dress right and so far there hasn't been a bigger head turner at conventions than that black dress yeah
1: yeah it it's something i mean it's just it's huge and those feathers on top of her head are like two feet tall it's it's really imposing and um you know she my my little uh, queen amadala she pulls it off pretty convincingly for about an hour until it gets heavy
0: and she's yeah. over it <laughs> Yeah, how? What is the heaviest part of that? Is that the outer outer coat? It's that coat?
1: Okay, so the original one I made, I just used uh, minky like um, you would see baby blankets, you know, that kind of have a texture, right? And that's what I used because it, you know, it like it had a little bit of texture. You know, it was like kind of velvety and it had a little bit of texture and it worked. It was lightweight, and that one she wore all day without really a problem. Um, I think probably the heaviest part of that one was actually the headdress, the feathers and, and all of that. But it wasn't too bad. She didn't really complain about that much. And then for Star Wars Celebration, well, the plan was to have it finished for the costume contest at Star Wars Celebration. But man, I hate those prejudged competitions that you have to have the costume completely done two or three months before the convention because some of us
0: procrastinate. Well, you procrastinate, and you got three kids. <laughs> and that. You know, so <laughs> having the time, it, it's, it's often— It's a challenge. For about two weeks leading up for a convention, I'm going, you have to finish. You can't be working on this the night we're trying to pack to leave.
1: And I always am.
0: And then, you know, then you find Marisha out in the yard at three in the morning tying fabric the night before we leave for a convention. Or she catches the kitchen on fire the night before you leave for a convention. It's always a mystery what she's going to do.
1: Yeah, I would love to say that none of those things have happened, but alas, I would be lying. So the heaviest part, though, of that black dress. So I decided to remake it for Star Wars Celebration. And so, I mean... I don't even want to think about how many hours I spent on the Internet researching this dress, looking at pictures, like scouring for every obscure reference I could.
0: Right. And this is all in addition to having the uh, Dressing dress the a galaxy. galaxy book, which yes. is just an amazing book. Yeah, it
1: really is beautiful. If you if you can get your hands on it and you have any interest in Star Wars costumes, I mean, it's just stunning. Um, And there's there's no replicating Uh, some of those images with random pictures on the internet. There's just, there's nothing like having a real honest to goodness print version. So what I finally decided was that, and I think this was probably Padawan's Guide has some really excellent information. Like all of the best images for Star Wars costumes can be had on Padawan's Guide. And there was like a a line in there and somebody said um, that the... The peaks on this black dress looked a lot like a Japanese uh, tie-dye technique that I think is called shibori. I have never heard it pronounced. I've only seen it. And basically, you tie the fabric like, like you almost like you make like a grid, and then you, you know, tie peaks up through the fabric. And then, so I spent probably what I don't know on two weeks, probably, kind of getting all this set. And then I spent like two days, and I would sit and I would, I'd wet the fabric, and I would tie it and I would tie and tie and then when I got it all done I put it in the dryer for like two days because it took forever <laughs> to dry um on low and but once once it came out I mean it's gorgeous it's uh, black velvet and it's got all I mean it looks just right I love it I mean of all the things that I've ever done that's the one that I'm the most proud of and it weighs like at least five pounds. It's heavy.
0: Oh, it's, it's more than that. It's probably double that.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, it had to be lined because all of these peaks don't just stay in the fabric. You have to like tack them down to something so they stay together. And then you have to have another layer of lining. And actually, I didn't put the other layer of lining yet because I just, got, I just got tired of it. But it should have another layer of lining that's actually like screen accurate. Um, so, yeah, she wears it. For about an hour, and then it's declared to be hot and heavy, and she's done.
0: Right, and you do have a I tutorial do, or a something yeah, on your. I website. do. I have
1: a tutorial on um, princessesandpadawans.com. That's pretty much the only thing on there, but. As much time as I spent on that Daggum thing. Well, it
0: is. And it's something that I haven't seen anybody else do no. with that dress. So I'm it's, pretty,
1: I mean, I'm sure that some other people have done it. I just haven't seen anybody right. else having done it.
0: And it's interesting, you know, having the Dressing a Galaxy book and knowing that, They told you a lot about the dress Mm -hmm. and everything in that book, lots of good pictures, but they really like kind of kept a lid on their secrets of their.
1: They really, they kind of, it's really interesting the details that they choose to give out and the ones that they don't mention. Clearly, it's not like a, here's how you recreate this reference. Right. It's That's not what it's, it's just intended to be like, this is cool, and here's a random information about it. But yeah, of all the things that I've ever made, that, that one's definitely my favorite. In fact, I'm a little afraid that the oldest child may have outgrown, and it may be time for daughter number two to inherit that particular dress. Although daughter number two is a little less of a trooper than daughter number one. So I'm not sure how long she's actually going to be. She like might wear it long enough for us to take pictures. And that's probably going to be about it. She might like walk across the stage in it.
0: All right. So just kind of in the same vein, like since we don't have a lot of news, just something to kind of give us something to talk about with you being very into the costuming. And I enjoy a lot of it visually as someone with an, an art and photography background. The The visualization mm-hmm. of... There are movies that I like that nobody else likes. Because they're pretty. Because they're pretty. Because mm-hmm. I, I love what the photographer did and right. the, in, in the cinematographer did on right. those films. Yeah. Where I can watch those movies. I can just turn the sound off and just be mesmerized for two hours and right. I'm happy. Obviously, the level of costuming in the prequels is, mm-hmm. is just... Off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as costuming, it's something very special in film, in the film world in general, not just for Star Wars, but the level of work and detail that went into the costuming for those movies, Mm -hmm. particularly, I think, the Phantom Menace. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the others, but there are things in the Phantom Menace that are Mm -hmm. just. Incredible.
1: Well, you know, and I mean, Padme's costumes get most of the attention because they're the most striking. But man, some of the details—you know—whenever you look closely at the the robes that Palpatine and Chancellor Valorum are wearing, you know, hand-smocked velvet
0: mm-hmm.
1: coats, and I mean, it's oh, yeah. just it's opulent. Well, like
0: yeah, most everybody, Massimatis too, mm-hmm. in the uh, in in all of the um the Senate scenes? in the Senate chamber. Mm -hmm. And there's some some pretty incredible stuff in those scenes. And of course, we really when we saw Jedi in the originals, you had Obi-Wan wearing the stuff, the tattered desert clothes. And we didn't really get to see Luke adopt Jedi garb until the return of the Jedi.
1: And even you know, then, really, he's definitely doing his own version of Jedi,
0: right? And, and his is meant to reflect. It's meant to be reflective of of his father's,
1: yeah, and 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 his own state of mind, right?
0: You know, with the the black right. coloring, um, because sometimes we get the idea. I actually had this conversation with somebody. That they said, "Well, they're clothes black. They're obviously." One of the bad guys, right? Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, we saw Anakin wear black before he turned, right? Mm -hmm. And we also saw Luke wear all black, right?
1: Just from a pure costuming standpoint, like not necessarily a story standpoint, but I, I think that the black for Luke was definitely meant to kind of get people a pause, like. You know this same convert this exact conversation. Like, well, what is he going to do? He's wearing black, so does that mean he's going to turn to the dark side? So, anyway, you were getting at.
0: Well, I was just talking about you know what we had seen of Jedi previously. Mm -hmm. We got to see this whole spectrum of of what Jedi were wearing. I mean, they're all very similar. T's got some awesome looking stuff. Yeah, they're they're mostly very similar, but we do see some a little bit more elaborate designs. Mm -hmm. They still follow a theme right but we got to we really got to flesh out the look Mm
1: -hmm. of the galaxy right
0: because we went somewhere besides a a dirty desert planet and a death star and a death star (laughs) yeah you know so we we finally got to see we got to see people that were not had not been suffering and at war right for nearly for nearly two decades right or really longer, I guess, oh, counting yeah. the Clone Wars, more like three decades.
1: I mean, it's kind of like you step into, you know, late Imperial Rome. It's like it's disintegrating. It's it's literally decaying from the outside in, but it's opulent and it's beautiful. And, you know, you'll never see anything like it.
0: So what would you say is the most iconic look for any Star Wars character? I mean... Like, I, like the image that you think that you think when you hear star Star wars Wars. i think leia in a white dress
1: and ramshorn buns i think i mean the vast majority of people you say star wars and that's the image that ultimately that immediately comes to mind
0: yeah and and not a complex no costume by any but it's just what that character came to mean to people yes and just that that image that first time that you see her Mm -hmm. you know i think you can somewhat make the same argument as far as like iconic looks for that that red the throne room dress well that or or even for han solo hmm yeah you know han solo's look is definitely a classic look yeah a lot like much in the same vein of indiana jones it's been copied a thousand times yes
1: and honestly that's to me really fascinating about the the original series is because the prequels i mean they are the bang movies for costumes mm-hmm. you know they're the ones that people who want to do big elaborate expensive oh my gosh expensive y'all you don't even want to know how much money i have in some of these costumes Andrew doesn't want to know either. I haven't told him. <laughs> um, but people who are going in for like big things, they gravitate towards prequel costumes. But as far as just I mean, that that white dress is so simple. But it's just it, it conveys so much about her. You know, the um the idea was really to convey her you know, purity, which is why she's always wearing white because that's, you know, she's the good character, you know, of, of all the other characters and their complexities. She's the one who is most clearly always on the side of good. And that's, and she almost, they almost dress her like an angel, you know, in medieval artwork. She actually has a very medieval look about her. Um, those, those ram's horn mm-hmm. headdresses, actually that's like a 13th century really actually popular hairstyle was those those buns on the side of the head which i think a lot of people kind of think that george lucas created but it was actually a a really brilliant amalgamation of different influences you know different styles different sorts of symbols that really just kind of came together you know those those three i mean really if you just take the original series you have luke skywalker han solo princess leia and darth vader i mean some of the most emblematic characters with with such you know who Who were really attired so simply Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing
0: right it's one it's just one of the areas that you can look at with the original series and see how special those movies really are yeah Um, definitely and and see why they've you know stood the test of time and there's Mm -hmm. been countless documentaries made about you know what why star wars why is star wars this thing that people sit around and
1: talk about (laughs)
0: right and their free time but not just on the internet people like that were alive when it came out but but generations later we're still Mm -hmm. you know people are still obsessed
1: i mean like our kids for for the love of heaven they're you know this movie came out before their parents were born you know this movie came out whenever our parents were young you know, whenever our parents were young adults and were
0: teenagers. It, it's just, like I said, it's one of those things that you can look at from the original series and point out and go, this is one of the reasons that this is special. Right. It's because these things that seem so simple, but you put these costumes on characters who became larger than life. Right. You know, became part of the American mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, with Han and Luke and leia all three really characters that were so big that they they became these they became new archetypes that mm-hmm. have been copied right in film and literature yes. since you yes. know for for 40 years now mm-hmm. is where you write a character and you write that character you start off going this is my han solo
1: right well and i think part of the brilliance of of that look especially for princess leia is that First time you see her is when she bends down to, you know, you don't know what she's doing. You just know she's touching that robot. And, you know, she's got the hood on and she's got the look. And, I mean, right there, you're hooked. Um, I think that's one of those reasons that look is so iconic. You know, and then the next shot you've got her, you know, you see the hair, you see the... She's got a blaster. And I think that's one of the reasons that her look is just so very, very iconic.
0: So when you step away from the original and the prequel, and then you start to look at the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. How would you compare costuming for the sequel trilogy to this point with the original? With its, It was very simple, but still the picture that was painted through these ideas was still very special. Mm-hmm. And then... The Phantom Menace and the prequel trilogy, where you just, it was like, they just went, how big can we really go? Right.
1: How much money can we spend on velvet and gold-plated
0: headpieces? (laughs) Right. So, how would you compare the sequel trilogy to that?
1: You know, I feel like they have done a really nice job of... I mean, obviously the continuity has been really good. You know, it still feels like very much uh that it carries over from the original trilogy, um, kind of as far as the looks. And I feel like especially with Ray, um, they've done an excellent job. She has a look, a very distinct look. Right. And they've kind of changed it up a little, you know, like she even wears exactly the same thing. You know, we've seen her in a couple of different costumes now but it's very recognizable and i noticed in that shot that jj J. abrams posted that she has her hair pulled up again um it's not exactly the same as it was in the first movie but it's definitely very reminiscent and so it seems like they're kind of continuing with that same sort of that same sort of look for her and I think that that's important uh, for her character, mm-hmm. for the kind of character she is. She's, the, you know, she's kind of the Luke Skywalker character. Right. And honestly, she has a very similar look to Luke Skywalker when we first Right, where well, she him. comes from
0: a very similar place.
1: Um, you know, and it's both not... Both as
0: a... Both in her...
1: Her story, her and, story her and geography. Right. And I think it's important that it's not similar enough that it's derivative. Right. Um. You know, she's not wearing a you know a a robe that that crosses you know in that very kind of Japanese style, but it's definitely same kinds of textures and the same kinds of. Uh, I think it's really more for for race costumes at this point. It's it's a a silhouette and and a very just a texture thing. You know, there's you they have a similar theme, color and texture wise going. You know, they had a couple of really unexpected things costume wise in the sequels i think that um hondo holdo i'm sorry not hondo not hondo completely altogether different character i mean it would have been okay if
0: hondo had showed up it
1: would it would be hey i wouldn't mind if hondo showed up but holdo is actually who i was getting at was a really unexpected character look you know she's very she looked almost more like someone you'd expect to see on canto bite Mm-hmm. than someone you'd expect to see on the bridge of a star destroyer yeah
0: um well in, in the canto bite scene and, and of course I don't know is she from a noble family from Alderaan? or I think she is okay so, I read the book but it's been a little so you you good. it's if, if that's the case because I haven't actually read the book yet mm-hmm. then it wouldn't be that big of a surprise to see that same sort of mm-hmm. you know opulence yeah that you see I mean that that's obviously what's going on on canto Bight is right.
1: Yeah, I mean she looks like a fashion plate from the from the 1930s. Right. As opposed to your really grounded, you know, military officer, you know, lots of military uh, uniforms and
0: she does, but there are some similarities to her costume that we see her in and the white dress that we first see Leia in, it, yeah. isn't there? I mean, as far as the... the yeah,
1: they they flow very similarly. Yeah. They have a very... Um, so their silhouette's very different, really different, but they, right. it, it has the same kind of sort of almost an ethereal look feel Right, yeah, because
0: it. we always saw a little bit of that flavor of, of what we saw of people from Alderaan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know...
1: Yeah. I mean the the costumes. Jimmy were-
0: Jimmy Schmitz was most you know almost always wearing some yeah very very uh, clothes that you would expect uh, an aristocrat right to to wear. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think from coming, somebody coming from from Alderaan <laughs> that that it seems to fit what we've seen right. So are there any characters in the sequel trilogy? Because obviously when you talk about. The prequels there are these iconic looks that you think of mm-hmm. that you immediately think of when you think of mm-hmm. costumes and same with the originals are there any from the sequel trilogy that you think will stand the test of time
1: i think that that jacket that poe starts out wearing and that that finn wears um you know after after that first little bit in the force awakens i think that's one that is is going to kind of stick, and it may it may be kind of like Han Solo, where it's just a really sort of generic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like you know, but but you can definitely see somebody who's sort of emulating Han Solo, and I see him, at you know, working tables at conventions. It's like, oh, look, it's Han Solo. When you break it down, it's like it's really not, but it's still similar enough that you get that that vibe. Right. And I think that jacket's going to be one of those things. And I think that that hair that Ray rocks, yeah. um, well, I in think, The Force I Awakens,
0: Ray's entire look at least maybe not as much from the last jedi it's basically the same i think they added a little more color to it
1: mm-hmm. and I, she, I they added
0: a little bit and she wears it, her but, hair down but i think that look from the force awakens and it
1: looks like they're going back to that which i think will cement it but i think it's going to be Kind of like the Princess Leia buns, you'll see people with braids, and you'll see, you know, lots of like kind of different variations. Yeah. But I think that that general, like it's pulled up, it's in, in three, and it's mm-hmm. in three sections. That's going to be the new kind of Ray look. Right,
0: and like I said, I really think as far as the costumes that jump out, Ray's costume from The Force Awakens, right? I think will be remembered alongside Luke's mm-hmm. white right uh outfit from from star wars from a new hope right the imperial stuff and the the comparison of the imperial stuff to the first order stuff I'm, just,
1: I'm sure the 501st people are going to be really into those differences but i'm kind well, of indifferent to them
0: I actually there's some things i hate to say this somebody will probably end up getting really mad at me over this <laughs> but i noticed in the book that shows Some of the the books that show all the details, Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't even remember which one it is, where they have the the code cylinders. Mm -hmm. You know, you always had the Imperial and the Rebel code cylinders. Right. And they're, they're always in a pocket. Pilots right. usually wear them on their sleeve. Officers usually had them on their chest somewhere. Okay. But they didn't. And in the previous books, they've always labeled them as code cylinders. That's right. how we knew what they were. Right. But so it's like the visual guide you were referring the, to? Yeah, mm-hmm. the visual guides. But in the visual guide for, I think, for The Last Jedi, man, they just, like, code cylinders, like, stuck all over the place. Like, somebody didn't know what they were. <laughs> Like somebody thought they were like a design element and not a practical, not a not a utilitarian piece of equipment, and like used them as decoration on the suit. And the Hmm. and the guide doesn't identify them as code cylinders, even though they're definitely Hmm. still code cylinders. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of odd, but overall, there's not a lot of difference. We saw a lot more black. With the first order,
1: and then gray,
0: and then with the with the imperials, you had a lot more green and gray. Right, you did have some that wore black. Right, yeah. But it seems like with the first order, it's all black. Right, because empire wasn't dark enough. Let's go a shade darker. Right, but I really wonder, other than than fin Finn's jacket and and Ray's look from the Force Awakens. I don't know that there's any other looks because Poe, I mean, he Poe's dressed I mean, as a... He wears a flight suit. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's wearing, time. basically, I mean, the there's not much difference. The first, I mean, the Resistance flight suits are almost, almost exactly exactly the same as the mm-hmm. Rebel flight suits.
1: I'm sure there's some Rebel Legion people out there who are like, no, there's all these differences. But well, there may
0: be some differences. I just think there's in a slight color difference. But if if somebody just in passing that really didn't know what they were looking at, mm-hmm. is not going to necessarily know the difference.
1: Right. I wouldn't know the difference.
0: It seems like the, the orange might be a little darker on the new stuff, but I could be wrong on that. But other than those, I mean... Other things that we had in the prequel, I mean, in the original trilogy, things like Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, you know, Boba Fett, who gets right, you know, he, ten well, seconds of screen he time. He shows up in Empire, and is we don't see him do a lot, but it's clear that he's right. He's the man, right? Like, Boba it, Fett, where? <laughs> well, in, in Empire, Empire actually follows people f- acted like the Last Jedi was a big departure mm-hmm. in Star Wars. You know, well, The Force Awakens was just like A New Hope, and The Last Jedi was completely different from Empire. Mm -hmm. But in reality, they're both about failure.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's true. You know, you get to the end of of Empire, and you're like...
0: Well, and the big difference being that in The Last Jedi, practically everybody fails. Good guy, bad guy. Right. Nobody gets what they want. Right. You know, Kylo kills... Snow, no, but he still doesn't get what he wanted. Ray definitely didn't get what she wanted. No, it, it's just this—it's failure across the board. And Empire right. is basically the same thing. Vader fails mm-hmm. to get Luke. To get Luke. Luke, L- Luke fails, fails, fails to at kill saving Vader. Well, and at saving his friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they end up having to come back and get him because right. he's half dead, hanging, <laughs> hanging off of the it. off the bottom of Cloud City. Right. So, literally, the only character. I mean Han and Leia spend half the movie, you in know, in prison, well, sulking, bouncing around with no hyperdrive just trying to survive. Oh, that's right, yeah. And the only character that shows up and gets the job done is Boba is Fett. Boba Fett. And so I mean I think that's the ultimate reason that Boba Fett has left the the look and the fact that he shows up and he he takes care of business is why he's became this huge thing even though yeah you know in Return of the Jedi he just Yeah you know he fails miserably right. immediately. It's kinda like when the Warriors three go to fight uh Thanos. <laughs>
1: Hella he, uh, no
0: yeah Hella. Oh. They go to fight Hella and it's, it's like, like Yeah and they just go all on. die immediately. Yeah. And like, Spoilers
1: Whoa. in case anybody hasn't seen Thor Ragnarok. If you, come on people if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, what planet have you been on?
0: So but just trying to think of any other costumes to me at this point I really feel like it, it does hold up like it it's at least on par with the others but mm-hmm. it's it, it's so derivative because mm-hmm. the first order is derivative of the empire right. by design right yeah and, and, and the 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 um, resistance the resistance is, is derivative the, rebellion. Of the of the rebellion because the right. the leaders of the rebellion are the ones that that go, we we're not done there's something coming right and go prepare for this battle it's leia and akbar Mm -hmm. and the other leaders of the rebellion that that build the resistance right so of course it looks like the rebellion right so you've got this long continuation but it's like are we getting anything that's unique and and Mm -hmm. really grabs you new something new i mean my
1: favorite new look honestly like completely, now for something completely different, has been Holdo.
0: Are there really any of those, any costumes, like we've got this great continuation of right. of look. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't look like it's wrong. It looks like Star Wars. Right. With, I would make the argument, with the exception of some of the things on Canto Bite. Mm-hmm. Um, just didn't just didn't feel right to me and i know some people love that scene they love the whole canto bite mm-hmm. i don't mind canto bite it's just that the look of some of it it just felt much it felt like something from some other sci-fi series mm-hmm. it just you know if you loved it that's awesome like i don't have a problem with right. other people loving it it just it didn't grab me it something felt wrong about it right I don't even mind the story there. It was just the look of canto bite itself of the casino. Yeah,
1: and I honestly I think it was supposed to be kind of off-putting, though I think that was kind of part of the point of it was that it was supposed to be kind of jarring.
0: Maybe. but it was so jarring to me that it felt like I had wandered into the wrong movie.
1: Okay I, I mean I can I can definitely see that. It's definitely oh, it got its own thing.
0: Obviously, you got a lot of stuff there, but we didn't get a lot of time to really look at costumes there. Right, yeah. And a lot of the men's costumes there are basically tuxedos. Yeah. They look like uh stuff from uh James Bond. Well, like James, yeah, well, I mean obviously I one remember. of them is, you know, the Mhm. I
1: don't remember. Oh, uh, the
0: master codebreaker. Yes. The yes. master codebreaker is obviously a riff on James Bond. Right. So you've just got that very like mid-century mid 20th century mm-hmm. look right. to a lot of the men's costumes yeah. and but I just can't think of any other than Rey and maybe Finn's jacket that just jump out. I mean, Leia's dress. I think they kind of went the right direction with Leia's dress from The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. That black dress, particularly the scene where she's standing there looking out the door with her face covered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's obvious. That's an iconic shot. Yes. But I don't know that... We honestly, we, we may
1: not have gotten enough. We got some really awesome looks at that costume in stills and promo pictures. We didn't get as many, actually, in the movie.
0: Right. That shot of her looking out the doors yes. of the, the base mm-hmm. is, like, one of the, the most beautiful shots mm-hmm. in the movie. And man and a movie full of a lot of beautiful, beautiful shots. Beautiful shots, yeah. So are there any other costumes that you can think of that, you know, you mentioned Holdo are particularly memorable. Right. And and time will tell. Yeah. Obviously. At this point we're just kind of going what did we like and what didn't or you know right. what really jumped out to us?
1: I mean, honestly. You know, even, even some of the characters that I think people want to see more of, people wanna see more of Rose, people wanna see more of uh, Billy Lord's character who was wearing the little buns that everybody was mm. like. I mean that how great was that. Yeah. And honestly I've seen a lot of people cosplaying her just because she wears the little buns and you know, mm. it's just it's it's such a great um sort of in universe and real world sort of homage there. But honestly, other than than those looks there's not really, I don't know, too much that just, I mean, Kylo Ren is, is a pretty. That
0: That's definitely one. That's I mean,
1: fair. he's pretty, I think that's going to be an iconic But I look. think, I think it's different look, enough from Darth Vader. I mean, it's very, if you start looking at the mechanics. But are, but are
0: we talking Kylo Ren without the mask or Kylo Ren with the mask?
1: I mean, I think both. Although I think most cosplayers that I'm seeing are going with the mask. Of course, most people don't look like Adam
0: Driver. With that one, with saying this is a very iconic look, how do you think having the Knights of Ren show up, the, the art we've already seen of them, they're not identical outfits, but they're all very, very similar. Do you think having a host of people show up with nearly identical like? I mean I guess not. I mean I guess we look at stormtroopers. I mean the stormtrooper yeah. look is very iconic.
1: Yeah. And I think in in a lot of ways I mean even though there it's very different than Darth Vader, you kind of feel like in some ways especially on your first viewing that the stormtroopers are kind of kind of got the Darth Vader sans the you know they're kind of white, but they sort of have that same kind of look, that same kind of feel that Darth Vader has without yeah. the cloak. Right. and I kind of think that actually, that's what the you Knights look of Ren. The,
0: the Macquarie, the old Macquarie art. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen that picture. The the original version of Vader mm-hmm. was basically a stormtrooper with a lightsaber. Right.
1: Yeah, and I think that the Knights of Ren, even if they wind up having a very similar look to Kylo Ren, I think there will be something that will remain very distinct about him. And I think that they'll maybe kind of provide that similar kind of foil for him, that similar kind of contrast, but yet similarity that the Stormtroopers kind of had for Vader.
0: Yeah, Without any real news to get into um, other than that, a little bit of drop about Obi-Wan. Yay. Uh, which, of course, we're very excited about. Yes. I um, don't
1: expect anything very exciting on the Obi-Wan costume front.
0: <laughs> no, I think you're basically going to get to see a little less raggedy version of something in between what we saw him in at the end of, of Sith and... hmm where we see him show back up in, in Star Wars in yeah, A New Hope.
1: Which is pretty much the same costume, let's not kid ourselves.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, intentionally. So without any more news and without Daniel here to talk comics, then I, I think we Robbie probably, here to make
1: snide remarks.
0: <laughs> then I think we've uh, about exhausted what we had to talk about tonight. It was good to talk a little bit about costuming. We yeah. haven't done a lot of that, and we'll probably do some more of that. Um, As we get closer to some of these cons we're going to be going to this year.
1: Yeah, because somehow the kids seem to have a never-ending list of like, oh, I want this new giant expensive costume. It's going to take you 300 hours to finish. So, you know, I might as well talk about them.
0: (laughs) All right. So where can people find more stuff related to your cosplay?
1: I have a website. I am princessesandpadawans.com. And you can find a tutorial for that nightmare of a beautiful black dress and also mostly these days I'm on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. All
0: right and I'm Andrew Gore and you can find me at the Science Fictionary's Twitter account which is also the Twitter account for for Coruscant Radio Underground and our kids podcast the Padawan Report which is Psi underscore fictionary on Twitter and I believe the same on instagram although there's not as much there you can also find us at thesciencefictionary.com and until next week may the force be with you